Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following Hi guys, podcast is a Dear Media the production. Much podcast. I am your host, Kimsey Elizabeth, and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everyone. It is officially the Christmas season. It has officially been the Christmas season to me since November 1st. But honestly, I'm really looking forward to not being shamed for being jolly these days. So I'm really happy that we're here. We made it. I cannot believe that this year is coming to an end. That is so insane. This has been honestly a good year for me. It's, you know, we've had some down, we've had some rock, rocky times. We've had some low moments. Update, I love being 24. There is something to look forward to. If you are 23, don't worry. No one likes being 23. When you turn 24, it at least got better for me. I can't promise that for you, but I am feeling better. Speaking of the holidays, I just wanted to say thank you so, 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 so much to you guys who picked up the Breadwinning Housewife merch. We had sets, we had truckers, we had canvas tote bags. Um, That came out two weeks ago. I just didn't really film an intro last week. So I just wanted to say thank you guys so much. We tripled what I thought or what we thought I was going to sell as of when I'm recording this. So it could be way higher. I will have it below. It is available for sale. You guys want a great Christmas gift for yourself, for your family, for your friends, for your mom for your neighbor, for your barista, like whoever it is, it doesn't matter. It is a really, really great gift. So definitely check it out. It'll be in the show notes below. I also just wanted to say I am not actually doing Vlogmas in the way that I will be posting every day, but I am doing Vlogmas that I am vlogging every day and then I'm combining vlogs. So by the time that you guys are listening to this episode, I will have gone to New York and just caught up with a bunch of friends, recorded a ton of episodes for the podcast, went to the Luke Combs concert with Margot. I'm just really living my best life and my videos lately on my YouTube channel are honestly some of the ones that I'm most proud of. I just feel the most myself. And that's another thing I wanted to say. I feel like earlier this year, I talked so much on the podcast about how I was so confused and I felt like I'd lost myself and I had no idea who I was or what I wanted, no vision, whatever. And I don't know what has happened, but over the past few months, I have become the most confident, the most comfortable and the most sure of myself that I've ever been. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I am the happiest with who I'm surrounding myself with. I'm the happiest with who I am, where I'm at in life. Like I just am happy. So I wanted to mention that because I always talk about the bad times. Um, I think that's like, you know, a really easy thing to get on a mic and complain, but I really am grateful and I'm feeling so much better. I had an entire conversation about this in a recent vlog. So anyways, just wanted to give you guys a little uh, life update, but today's episode, we have 
one of my really good friends, Margot Lee, on the show. I adore her. She is such a beautiful person. Like, obviously, she's beautiful, like, physically. But just for who she is, I adore her. Like, I seriously love her. I, like, literally speak the world of her. I tell everyone about her and how she's just the most incredible person ever. She is so great to have a conversation with because, I don't know, I just feel like we really connect on a lot of different levels. I adore her. She's so talented. She's such a great friend. I just love her, seriously. We're talking about so many things. We're talking about pressure on phases of life. Just trying to kind of segment our lives into what people expect they should look like, depending on, you know, our age or what we find our identity at. It's like, this is actually the second episode that I'm recording with Margot. The first one actually talked a lot about the Gen Z Catch-22, and that kind of goes back into it. We're talking about relationships, this like juxtaposition between having so many people at our fingertips and then being at the end of the pandemic and being isolated, talking about personal branding, balance on focusing on being a creator and then putting your time and energy there versus having like a fuller life, figuring out what works for you, power of now, living life in your head and mindfulness. Like I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. I am going to be doing a giveaway at the end of this episode. So stay tuned if you guys want to win your choice of a breadwinning housewife trekker or tote. So without further ado, let's welcome Margot on to the show. Welcome to the show, Margot. Once again, I'm so glad to have you back. I am so honored to be back. Your skin is glowing. Your outfit is really cute. We Thank have fun you. plans tonight. We do. I actually need to talk to you after this about what you're going to wear because I don't know. So we'll get there. Yeah, that's a problem for me. I'm okay. not, I can't visualize outfits. So I'm going to probably have to send you a picture. I try on like every possible outfit in my closet and then I go back to the first one. Okay, I actually, if I ever try on more than one, I'm, I normally don't because I'm like lazy when it comes to getting ready. I always end up going back to the first one and I only ever plan or think of outfits in advance when I'm traveling because I have to, I have a suitcase right, of clothes. Right. So I don't really have an option, but I, you know, it's going to be fine. Well, feel free to come into my closet or oh, whatever perfect. you want. Literally, I'll be like, happy birthday, Keaton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Margo so kindly actually outlined this episode for me <laughs> on accident, but I texted her this morning and I was like, hey, because with our episode, I've already had you on. So I wanted us to talk about what you're currently, like thoughts that you're having. Like, I always feel like what you're saying is what I'm already going through at that time. So I was like, whatever you have to say, I'll probably be like, yeah, that's perfect. I would love for this. <laughs> so I texted her this morning and I literally said, what are a few things going through your mind right now? And then she sent back one, two, three, four, five things. And we're just going to like go down the list. I'm so excited. I'm such a list girl. So when you sent that, I was like, get my brain into list mode and go, go, go. And that's actually so funny that you say that about like when I'm talking about things, you feel like you're feeling it too, because with my podcast, at least my topics, whenever I explain what I talk about to people, I'm like, it's a very selfish venture because whatever I'm going through yeah. at that moment or month or whatever it is, I will hone down and seek out everyone who I think can help me. And then I just talk about it. And it seems to be pretty like socially relevant when I look at the like landscape. So Hopefully this stuff is relevant for you right now also. That's how I feel about my show. People are like, how do you decide on guests? Like, it's either my friends or what I'm interested in at that time. Yeah. And then I just learn more about it. And then thankfully people just happen to relate to it. There you go. But it is a very selfish thing. It's really fully. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to learn about that. You know, it, it just works out in our favor. It's, it's mutually beneficial. I like to think, but yes. 
definitely beneficial. Yeah. I tell myself it's mutually beneficial. I'm like pretty sure that's yeah. <laughs> that's how I sleep just, at night. Yeah. If it's not, guys, just let us know. Yeah, just maybe or maybe don't. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't. Yeah. We'll we're we're having this. fun. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I want to talk about this is a really good one. I actually know that a lot of people will relate to this, but the pressure on phases of life and just basically trying to live your life like at what you think 22 needs to be or what society tells you you need to be at 22. Yeah. I graduated college in 2020 and post-grad was like such a thing. And it was, I feel like post-grad is like the first year after you graduate, or at least that's how I kind of looked at it. And it was like, okay, post-grad is going to be a weird year. I'm going to kind of be in like a funk and not really know what I want to do. And then after that year, it's like, okay, you're in this like entry level position of your career and you should be setting yourself up and creating this really solid foundation and doing all this stuff. And then by the time you get to this point or when you meet these people, this is what you do. And I don't know if I put the pressure on myself or if I feel like it's coming externally. It's probably a balance of both, but it honestly sucks. And I'm trying to step away from that pressure of the phases. And I'm curious if you feel that way too, Yes. but I find it so much harder to be present and grateful and mindful of what's happening now. I just read The Power of Now. Well, that's a lie. I'm halfway through. I can't get myself to finish it. It's a tough read, (laughs) but it's so hard to do that sometimes and just be so in the moment when you feel all this pressure to be in a specific phase, which is like fake. Like what even does that mean? But I'm curious if you have had that feeling also. Yes. Well, one, I didn't expect post-grad to hit me the way that it did because I, one, don't have a traditional conventional job. And two, my college experience was very unique. Mm. And I didn't have to find a job after college. So I didn't think that I would go through a weird post-grad phase, but I definitely did. And I think, I don't even know if it was necessarily post-grad. I think school for me was kind of like a safety net. I'm like, oh, well, I'm still in college. But also that year, a lot of things changed in my life. So it could be, it's probably a mix between the two, but it definitely really like shook me. Like I felt really weird. I talked to friends at home and I feel kind of even selfish for saying I felt weird about it because I had a job and they were looking for jobs and things like that. But I hear them talking about it and I'm like, it's really common, but I don't think people, I don't think it's a conversation that's had enough I think so much of it comes down to identity. And yes, I felt this way so much when I had recently graduated. And I mean, I still do. And that's why I made my podcast. And I've heard people talking about it on different podcasts or TikTok or whatever it is, where it's this identity that you lose and you grew up with this like student identity. And that's what you are. And it's pretty all encompassing. Like when you think about it, it's, you know, how you can excel or say that you're doing well is your grades or what projects you're working on or courses or schools or whatever. It's your social life. For me, at least it was physically where I was living. I was in this like bubble of just people and the same experience as me. So that's all just stripped away from you. And when you don't have that student identity anymore, it's like, okay, like, what am I? And I think that's part of the thing with the phases is I'm like, am I what my career is? Because I'm really excited about what I'm working on and like upskilling and, you know, exploring my career. But I don't know if I want that to be my whole identity. But if I'm young, does it have to be? It's like such a weird phase to be in. 
It is fall, and that means it is time to turn your style aspirations into your style reality. And VinceCamuto.com is the one-stop shop for all of your fall style needs. I don't know about y'all, but when it gets cold outside, my style just gets so much better. I love a good boot. I love a good like sling back flat these days. I actually got some from Vince recently that I'm obsessed with. The boots I've been wearing actually are the Armanda slouchy boot. These boots are like just the right amount of like sleek, chic. They're kind of sexy. They're just the coolest boot. They make me feel so mature and confident. They also have like incredible handbags. I'm telling you right now, VinceCamuto.com is really your one-stop shop for all of your style needs. Beyond having all of the favorite boots and booties, VinceCamuto.com also has amazing buttery soft handbags, gorgeous fragrances, and cool apparel and jewelry. Perfect for any occasion and at an affordable price that won't break the bank. The other issue with shopping at this time of year is that the chic looks that I'm going for the prices aren't really so chic. They're um, very, very, very expensive, okay? And Vince Camuto has really reasonable prices that I love and it makes it completely attainable for me to, you know, have this style that I'm going for, okay? What I've been envisioning for myself, if you will. I don't know about y'all, but it feels like there has never been a better time to shop. Do yourself a favor and head over to vincecamuto.com to check out their latest arrivals. While you're shopping, you should also sign up to become a VC VIP. The free membership gives you instant access to receive exclusive cashback offers, early notice of sales, and so much more. And just for signing up, you'll receive 50 free VC VIP points to use on your next purchase. An epic fall wardrobe, VC VIP membership, and free points that is a win-win-win. Head over to VinceCamuto.com to shop now. Terms and conditions apply. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworker's promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments, you know, without sounding like a complete jerk? Careers are complicated and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast, a weekly advice show that takes your workplace dilemmas and offers you a better way forward. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. I've definitely struggled with finding my identity in work before. It's never been the numbers on the screen, but it was like almost like work ethic. Like mm-hmm. I know I work hard. I like achieving things like that. So I'd always struggled with that before. And now something that I've just been, I feel like talking about a lot this week, but just thinking about and being really intentional, which came from a conversation actually with Danny, but I just really had to be careful with who I talk to. Because if I am around people who really truly find their whole entire identity in work and nothing else, it's easy for me to feel like I need to do that and that I'm not working enough or doing enough mm. because that's how they live their lives. And for some reason, it's like a, almost like a trigger point. I don't, really, I don't really like the term trigger, but I know there's certain things that are not good for me to be around. But I, on the other end, I'm so unbelievably bored by people who like only have their work to talk about. Yeah. Like that's so boring. And in my opinion, like that's just not what I want to be. It's also weird. Have you read The Finding Decade? I've like done research on it, but I've not read it. It's a very like controversial book. There was parts of it that I really liked though. And they talk about this concept, which is identity capital. And essentially 
she's saying, you know, use your 20s to your benefit and also explore hobbies and interests that you have. And the more, and at the end of the day, like, I don't think it's good to find your identity for me personally and anything outside of like myself and like whatever I find to be true for me. But she was just saying, you know, with identity capital, as you find hobbies and things that you're interested in, each thing is like a little bit more identity capital. And that's kind of how you build who you are. And that has been kind of freeing to me because I'm like, I don't have to one, just be one thing. And I think sometimes I struggle with feeling like I need to fit into like a certain mold or box, which we've talked about before. Yes. Like with Catch-22. Yeah. Yes. Gen Z Catch-22. And then also just, I don't know, it's okay to be different and have different interests and they don't have to always align with who you're around. But identity capital definitely really, it helped me to also push me to actually explore random things that I'm not going to monetize. Like I'm really, I always give this example. I'm really into brain health, but I'm never going to make money from brain health. Like I'm interested in having people on the show who are experts in that field. And I like reading books about it, but it's just like a random thing that I'm interested in. And that I give myself time to like look into. Yeah. And I think that's like a healthy thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying reminds me of two things. One is the Gen Z catch 22, which we talked about last time I was on. And I talked about in the first episode of my podcast, where it's basically this struggle to to balance on one side, feeling like as a Gen Zer, you have to brand yourself and like easily sell yourself to people and say, this is who I am wrapped in a string. And I can like sell myself to all these different industries. And it's like easy to digest who I am as like a person or a brand, which when you think about it is like pretty fucked up. You know, that's like such a new way of thinking. And I'll get back to that and how there's like, you know, benefits to that. But that's one side. And the other side is being so young. I mean, if you're Gen Z, you're young. And feeling like you what you were saying with identity capital, there's so many things for you to explore and learn about and different paths to go down. I just read this book called um, The Midnight Library. Oh my God, I'm reading that right now. You are? Okay, so basically, chime in if I'm not explaining this I'm only like 20% of the way in. I won't spoil anything. No spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) But it's basically about this girl who has the opportunity to live all the lives that she didn't and go down all these paths that she wasn't able to, or she didn't in her first life because it was, you know, a singular life. So, but anyways, it's this idea of like getting to try all these things and we have our whole lives ahead of us. And if I really wanted to, by the time that I was 80, I could be a fucking astronaut if I wanted to. Like I'd go to school for that. I'd work my ass off and like figure out, you know, get to know Mr. Elon Musk and get up in the sky. (laughs) Anyways, it's this like really weird balance and not knowing where we fit in that. And it's like, am I supposed to be exploring and creating and doing all these random things? Or am I supposed to be setting myself up to like be really strong on one path? I don't know what the answer is. It's like trying to figure out how to do both. But then when I'm trying to do both, I'm like, how do I brand that? And then it's Mm -hmm. like, no, free yourself from that. But it's hard, especially as a content creator. Well, social, social media rewards you for being niche and having this like perfect bow, just literally like from the algorithm that can help you grow quicker. I always try to think like way long term, like not just through 30s, like 40s, 50s. I listen 
I'm their biggest fan to the Foster Sisters podcast. It's the world's first podcast. Like they're so funny. Oh my God. I love that. They're so funny. And they always talk about how they really didn't figure out anything about their lives, what they wanted to do until their thirties. And that in itself is very freeing because I think social media really puts a lot of pressure on you to think that you need to have everything together and be making this amount of money, doing this, being with this person, married, whatever it might be, wherever you live by a certain age. And they always talk about how that just wasn't the case for them and they don't agree with it. So that's really freeing. But also, I know for a fact there will be career adventures that I end up doing in my lifetime that I would never right now think that I would do. Even before I was talking, like, it's just the first thing that I want to build. Like, there's other things that I'm going to want to do. Different industries I want to be a part of. Like, the niche thing is just not me because I don't fit into, like, a niche. It's always something that I've kind of, like, been annoyed about because like I know I would grow faster this would be better for a business which is really tricky when our business is tied to like us personally and I think that's where maybe it's unhealthy but I know I think people relate to this with or without being like on the internet yeah but yeah it's definitely like a really difficult thing to navigate because both are like praised yeah so how I've kind of come to terms with the first part of this of like feeling like you need to brand yourself I talked to Christian Navarro who is like a brand genius. He's worked, he started in advertising and then he did brand for Spotify and Snapchat. And now he's at Stacey Benet's new company, which is called Creatively. Anyways, he had this notion that a brand is not the froofy stuff of like, how do I look and how am I, you know, portraying myself and what clothes am I wearing? And like, the very external stuff. And even the what am I doing on a day to day basis? His argument was that a brand is your values, basically, and how your values come through. And that is really freeing in the sense where I'm sure my values will shift with different phases of my life. But through and through, I'm going to hope that they're, you know, positive, good moral values. And if I can get that message through and that part of me through, then I'm free to like be whoever else I want to be and explore these different things and not feel like I'm, you know, completely different person on a day-to-day basis. I like that a lot. Isn't that, it's, it's really good. And it's hard. Like I would challenge everyone listening to get out a sheet of paper and just write down your values. And it can be something so simple, like, spending time with family or something really big, like, I don't know, a certain like spiritual goal that you have or whatever it is. And if you're pushing those through when you meet people or when you're online or when you're just by yourself and you're hanging out, that's what a true brand is. And that is like super freeing to me, at least. Yeah, because it's not like focusing on the small stuff that really doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. That's really helpful. I want to talk a little bit about kind of living in the present and then also like being on the internet. And again, I think this is stuff that a lot of people can relate to with or without being as on the internet as we live our lives, I think, or just our jobs or whatever it might be. I think it's like a really hard thing to balance. For me, I don't know. I think as I get older, I become more private and I think that kind of hurts sometimes like growth wise and things like that but also I feel like I'm giving too much of myself away like how are I know we've talked about this before just kind of in general like I don't really like the word balance but like some sort of like there's like a trade-off and I guess balance that comes with that 
But how do you deal with, you know, documenting versus just living in the present? Yeah, I think I've realized, I, I think I saw a TikTok or something recently. You know, what's so funny is when I was on my trip recently, every time somebody said like, I saw a TikTok, we changed it with, I read an article about, and it just makes <laughs> you sound so much smarter. It's like, what's the difference? Yeah. Like somebody could write Pretty an article about thing. it. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> I read an article about how social media is like a different world. Like if you think about it as, let's say we're living in a simulation. I'm not saying we are, but let's if say- If we were. If we were, then social media is the simulation that we are creating. It's like the little game and the fake world that we're making, which there's nothing wrong with. Like that's fun and it's curated and people are really talented at doing that. But- I think when you can step away and realize that that's just not real life. And like, this is also kind of like a breakthrough that I've had because I feel like I've never really put myself online ever. And I don't think I ever really will. And I don't do that intentionally, but I was thinking about like all of my relationships that I have with people. So I have a relationship with my boyfriend and one with my mom and one with my cousin and one with my dog and my dad and all these different people, you, whoever. I'm a different person to every single person mm -hmm. in my life. And it doesn't matter how close I am with them or if it's like two random people I've met once. Everyone is going to have a different perception of you and you're going to put on a different front intentionally or not intentionally. It's the same thing with the internet. Like I, at least I cannot fathom hundreds of thousands of people perceiving me, like my brain will just simply never wrap itself around that. So when I'm talking to a camera, I am talking to one person. And that is one persona that I put on. And that is like one personality that I'm putting out. And whether it's like conscious or subconscious, I have to accept that like, it, it's one way of being perceived. And like, I'm totally going on a tangent from the original question. But no, this is good. It's like, it's curated. I mean, you're, you're a different curated person for everyone. So as long as you don't attach yourself to that one persona too much, then who cares? It's literally all fun and games. Like I know Brianna Chicken Fry mm -hmm. talks about how like we're just floating on yeah. a rock in space and it's literally so true. And like, yes, it's so powerful to have an online presence or a presence with a particular person or whatever, but you have so many abilities to like show who you are to people and to be so attached to that one image is just like devastating, mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know. It's hard. I think just not trying to get too attached. I find that when I'm my happiest, the last thing I want to do is pull out a camera. Same. So, you know, like I'd like to show, you know, the really fun moments or the really horrible moments. <laughs> like the last thing I want to do when I'm like crying in bed is pull out a camera so it's a curation. And like, as long as you know that as a viewer and as like a creator, then you can like make amends with it. I feel like. It is the holiday season and we are all either looking for things to ask for for Christmas or shopping for our loved ones. I have the answer to both of those. Okay. It is Anna Luisa. That is A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. They have an entire gift guide on their website and you guys know me in gift guides. It's really my love language. It truly is. And this jewelry is so cute. The quality is insane and you can get amazing deals and we'll also get to an offer. Obviously, 
I'm going to share a few of my favorites. They have these SIA, S-I-A, 14 karat gold on sterling silver earrings. They're like the little paperclip earrings and they're so cute, so trendy and like at an insane price. They have the most beautiful jewelry that's just kind of every day. So look, this is something that you give someone, they love it and they end up wearing it every single day. I love the Rocks mini earrings as well. They're kind of a little fun spin on a hoop. They also have the mini Abby, which I think are super fun and they're perfect for the winter time to like pair that with the big sweater curls. I love that look. I talked about the Lev necklace, but if you are looking for something that you want just a necklace to wear every single day, you have to check out their site, but it's so cute. It's this gold necklace with a heart. It's just like unique enough to where it's cool and perfect, but it's also timeless and something that you can wear with literally everything. So if you are looking for something for either yourself or for a loved one, look no further. Check out Anna Luisa. I absolutely recommend checking them out. You guys can go to shop.analuisa.com slash I love you. I love them. Their pieces start at $39 and they are currently running the biggest sale of the year. You can get 60% off on the second item if you go to shop.analuisa.com slash I love you. Again, that is shop.analuisa.com slash I love you. You can get 60% off on the second item. That is their biggest sale of the year. You guys can get all of your Christmas shopping done in one order, honestly. So check them out. I think it's healthy. Like when people say, oh, Instagram is a highlight reel, almost as kind of a dig towards Instagram. I'm like, I would be willing to bet for the large majority of people, it's probably not healthy if you're crying on your bathroom floor to like pull out a phone and record (laughs) it. Like maybe that is how some people process and that's good for them, right? But like for me personally, I need to handle things in the way that I know is best for me. And I can't like Instagram story it. And like maybe that works for some people, right? But it doesn't for me and that is okay. Like there can be a boundary. Like now I think especially since moving and I live in a city where not like my friends, none of them are on the internet. Most of them don't even post on Instagram, right? I don't want to pull out a camera all the time. And I also want a nice like balance. Right. And I think, you know, I'm sure a lot of people relate to that. But then I feel like, oh, well, I didn't get anything or like that is such a good part of my life. I want to share it. But then part of me is also like, no, I actually kind of don't. Yeah. It's just weird having grown up on the internet. And then when certain times I'm like really open and then other times I kind of pull back more. Yeah. I don't necessarily always know what the correlation is that like makes me pull back, but I definitely have been feeling it lately. Yeah. I think it also is so natural to go in waves of, and again, this isn't just for content creators, but just in terms of sharing yourself with people, it's like sometimes you have so much you want to say to someone and like, whether you're excited or you're really upset or you have something on your mind or whatever, And there's just some times where you're like content living in your head and like just chilling with yourself and either working things out or being there for yourself, you know, or just chilling. And it's Mm -hmm. like fine to do both. It's just crazy how much like we share now and how much we're expected to share. And I think it's so cool in some ways where we can like share our human experience with other people. But other times it's like, this is the Truman Show and we need to turn this off now. So. I don't know. It's like such a cool tool, but being in control of it is super important. And not letting it control your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I like people that I follow on the internet. I like when they have lives off the internet. I think it makes yeah more interesting. Yeah. How do you deal with, I know you posted a video like not that long ago, just feeling like you were really in a rut. 
how did you kind of like pull yourself out of that? I'm such a journal person. And I think when I did that video, I mean, obviously there was more, you know, components to this, but there was like a two week period where I left my journal in the rain and it was ruined and I needed to get a new one. And I didn't have a journal for those two weeks. And it was awful. Like to me, journaling is therapy. Mm-hmm. And it really affected me. And that was such a learning period for me. And I mean, of course, there was like a gajillion other things going on. I don't want to, you know, just boil it down to that. But the part about journaling that I love is I'm able to sit down with myself and identify and like, feels like pull out of myself, everything that's bothering me or upsetting me or making me anxious or stressed or excited or happy or whatever. And when I feel like I don't have the ability to do that, it just makes however I'm feeling like so much worse because it's just all these things now circling in my head. And like, I can't do it on a piece of paper, which I should probably get over, but that's just like a personal problem. So I think for that, it was like a lot of stuff was just living in my head for too long and I just needed to get it out. But I don't know, it's natural. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's waves. And so it's so weird because I feel like a lot of people feel that stuff at the same time. Yes. Right? Everyone was in this like two week period right in August that I was feeling. I know other, my other friend Margo, like I know she posted and we were talking about it. And then literally like everyone on like private stories and stuff. I'm like, everyone is feeling the same thing at the same time. It's very odd. It's very odd. Very, very weird. What's going on? I know. I'm like, I don't know. Back to that simulation. No, literally. Maybe. I think it's really important to remember that it is very normal to like get in a rut and like yeah. life comes in waves, emotions come in waves. That's going to happen because when I'm in a rut, I almost treat it like the world is over for me. Everything's over. I really like catastrophize in my thinking mm. and it is like literally like part of the human experience. It is yeah. so normal. But when you're in it, it like, especially like a longer period, I don't mean like a few days. I mean like a few weeks, months, whatever. Yeah it can really feel like everything is just out of whack and you can just catastrophize in your thinking. And it's important to remember that it's like really normal. It's really normal. And it's also totally like great to just sit in it. (laughs) And I I feel like there's so many things where it's like, when you're in a rut, like do this, 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 and I'm probably part of that problem, but it's okay to feel that way. And it's totally normal. I think the way that I like to cope with that is learning more about myself where it's like, okay, I feel this way. What is making it worse? What's making it feel better? If I can figure anything out, like that's a win for me, even if it's not immediate, but whether it's like, oh, I didn't realize that this person was like such a support for me. Or even it's like, I know that when I feel that way, if I'm with my dog, I'm like, chilling. And Mm. like, that is just makes me feel so like warm and nice, whatever. So using that as an opportunity to just learn about yourself and not like, I'm not trying to make this like a make it productive, but you know, it's completely normal. And I think it's, yeah, no, I I agree with you. It's really important to be able to sit in negative emotion. Yeah. Sometimes I can do it, no problem. And then other times I can feel myself avoiding all negative emotion or any sort of not even conflict with someone else, but almost like conflict with myself. Yeah. It's hard to sit with those feelings, but it's incredibly important. Yeah. And I do think sometimes the only way to get over something is like, it's like, what do you have to like get through it? That there's like yeah. a cliche about yeah. that. And I do think sometimes you really just need to sit with it and learn that it's okay too. 
if if you are in a situation where you feel like you're avoiding it, how do you get to the root of it? Like what's your method of just facing it head on? So I have a problem where I struggle with knowing where an emotion is coming from sometimes. So that's something I really work out in therapy. And I can pretty much always come to the conclusion within myself or with my therapist. Journaling is a big thing. The way you feel about journaling and getting things out is how I feel about working out. Mm. Like I do my best thinking. I really, on one end, I feel like I can completely zone out. On the other end, like the solution, I'll come to it when I'm like moving my body for some reason. Yeah, It's journaling. And then I... I think it's just finding the root for me. Like a lot of it, I think is upbringing or like past relationship fallouts, things like that. I've learned to realize a thing with me too is like seasonally, I know that I normally don't feel my best in August. So if I'm not feeling my best, I don't try to make a big deal out of it anymore. Cause I just know that I tend to feel the worst in August, like something about the time of year. I don't know what it is. The way people talk, describe like seasonal depression is how I feel in August. Interesting. So. I know that about myself and it's identifying patterns too. If I consistently feel this type of way, recently I realized that I was, you know, feeling some type of emotion and I was like, this is the time where I actually need to like go to my friends, which is why we are so lucky to have so many friends who do the same thing that we do. We're like legitimately friends. And I went to a friend and the first thing she asked me was literally what the problem was. But I didn't want to admit it to myself because that would mean that I would have to change a friendship in my life. And nothing is that person, just that like, it's not healthy for me. And they're not bad. It's nothing like that. But I was like, that's the root of where this is coming from. But I was kind of lying to myself because I knew deep down that that was what it was, but I didn't want to admit to it. Right. And I didn't, because I knew that that would mean change and I love that person, whatever. And it's not their fault at all. But it's a combination of things. I think talking to someone, journaling, working out, therapy, which is the same thing as talking to someone, I guess. And it's not the same thing, but yeah, just yeah, getting it out yeah. somehow. It's been a struggle though. Like I don't, I will feel a lot of emotions sometimes and have like literally no idea where they're coming from. Yeah. Which I guess is probably a little bit normal too. Yeah. But it's really easy for us to like think that we're the only person in the world who's ever felt this way. And <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I need to get over myself. Like <laughs> there are other people. You're not special. Yeah. You're not special guys. Today, we are talking periods. Guys, I am going to share with you something that is going to make your life so much better. I've actually even gotten friends onto this because that is how passionate I am about this, okay? So if you are not familiar with Bloody Buddy Cups, let me introduce you to the best of the best for anyone with a period. By now, you guys have probably heard of menstrual cups and how amazing they are. So much cheaper, so much more convenient, so, so, so much more comfortable than pads and tampons. I cannot stress that enough. Maybe you even tried one, but you couldn't get the hang of it, okay? Problem solved. The Bloody Buddy Cup is so easy to use with just the right amount of structure to help the cup open easily every time. They're such a great option for beginners, experts, and anyone who wants a comfy, leak-free period. Bloody Buddy Cups are amazing because they hold as much as three to five tampons, and they're made out of the highest grade of medical-grade silicone. So they're absolutely safe to leave in for up to 12 hours. Imagine working an entire full shift without switching a pad slash tampon. I mean, that's amazing, right? As if that wasn't enough, each cup lasts 10 years. That's right. You're covered for a decade without setting foot in the feminine hygiene aisle. Amazing, right? Buddy Buddy Cup is a female owned and operated business dedicated to giving all menstruators period freedom. They're also giving my listeners 10% off with the code I love you. 
Follow them on Instagram at Bloody Buddy Cup for hilarious and educational content or visit their website, bloodybuddycup.com to learn more about what makes a Bloody Buddy Cup so amazing. And of course, to purchase your very own pack of Bloody Buddy Cups. I was definitely more hesitant to start using these at the beginning because I didn't really know what to do. I was a little bit scared. I was so used to tampons and I ended up loving it. And it also made it really helpful to actually see their like educational content. So I understood it better. That in itself made me feel so much more comfortable. But I will say like, if you're still using pads and tampons, guys, like get with the future. It's bloody buddy cap. Okay. You need to be using them. I'm telling you right now, you will not regret it. Again, that is 10% off with code I love you at Bloody Buddy Cup on Instagram or bloodybuddycup.com. Okay, I want to talk about relationships and also like just feeling lonely and isolated. Yeah. <laughs> so not, ooh. <laughs> the sad part of relationships. Yeah, I think I definitely feel a lot lonelier, I think more often than people would think. Naturally, just because I'm a really outgoing person but I find that I feel that way. And then I feel kind of dumb voicing it too, because I have so many great friends and whatever. It's really not about that. But can you just expand on just like relationships and feeling isolated? Yeah. Well, I think there's a huge difference between, I mean, this is not the first person to say this, but huge difference between being alone and being lonely. And again, both of these are completely valid. I personally love being alone, but I mean, holy shit, what a, insane past two years it's been and like so isolating and that's something I'm kind of exploring now where it's like okay we're kind of like coming out of the pods now and we're seeing people and like we're getting to see friends who can travel again and it's there's so many great parts of that but it's also really scary and it's this weird juxtaposition of this pod mentality that we've been in for two years where it's like you have your people and that's who you're really comfortable with and you open up with. And that's like who your real, you know, circle is. And then you have the entire world at your fingertips and like, whether it's other people hanging out with each other, looking at other people living their lives or whatever it is. And, and just being able to connect with people, if it's not social media, if it's like zoom or I don't know, you're watching online lectures or Netflix or whatever it is. Like there's so much community outside of yourself where it's this really weird balance of like, how many people are actually in my life? And that's so that number to me is just I have no idea. And it's like, I'll reconnect with people and be like, Oh, my God, I forgot that we have this incredible friendship, Mm -hmm. because I've been so focused on the same five people for the past year, which is like really exciting. But it's also weird to be in that situation. So I don't know. It's so, so, so normal to, to feel lonely, but I'm like ready to, to be alone <laughs> for, for like two weeks and just sit by myself and, and enjoy that. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a weird balance. That's how I feel right now. But you know, something it's kind of stupid, but something that I was thinking about this week, we were talking, I don't know who I asked, but we were talking about like your close friends list. And mm. I think I have like between 80 to 90 people on my close friends list. And then it got me thinking, that's a lot of people that I'm genuinely like, oh, I would be like, you're a friend, right? Which is granted, I've also like lived a few places, different communities, people, whatever. But also I went to my contacts and I have like over a thousand phone numbers in my phone. Like, isn't that so insane? Yeah. Like we were, I don't think we were like really created for like that much human contact. Like 
back in the day, I, I, that's, you know, wasn't humanly possible. But it's insane. I don't know, just the number of that. I, I don't, I just keep thinking about it. I'm like, yeah. that is so many more people than I thought. So you're proving my theory right now that we all think about the same thing yes, at the same time. Because yeah. this is my next podcast episode. And I was talking to a past professor about something called Dunbar's number. So Dunbar is this mathematician or anthropologist or something. Uh, those are very different, but <laughs> you'll see why I'm confused. He basically came up with this number, which is 150. Now it's closer to 200, but it's basically the amount of people that your brain can like realistically handle and the size of social circles that human brains can fully function at. And that number is between 150 to 200. Dunbar argues that that's dependent on the size of the brain and kind of like nurture, nature, whatever. My professor said it's the size of your heart. So you can look at it either way. But it is this really, it was so encouraging to me to hear that number. Cause I was like, okay, I can name like, if I had to sit down with myself and name 150 people, even if I'm not close friends with them, but if I could reach out and say like, Hey, miss you. What's up? How are yeah. you reconnecting? It's nice for me to have that number because you look at your Facebook, like remember back in middle school oh on Facebook, you're like, Oh my God, they have more friends than me. It's like friend, 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 I friend, think friend, I friend. have like probably 2000 friends. On yeah. Facebook. It's yeah. insane. It's like, so I don't dumb. know 2000 yeah. people. Like I'll go on Facebook and there's like pregnancy announcements from people that I, I don't recognize them. It's I have like, no idea. It's, it's so insane. Yeah. But at one point in your life, you were like, yes, you should be on my friends list. Yeah. It's the same with LinkedIn. It's like you are encouraged to have more than 500 connections, which like from a networking perspective, I totally understand. But does it morph our perception of how many people in our network we should have? And like the close friends list, I think there's a maximum of 100 people. So it's like, should I have 100 close friends? Like that's a lot of close friends to have. And like, very interesting wording on Instagram's part, right? Yeah. So, oh man, it's so, so, so interesting. But yeah, the 150, I'm like happy to sit with that number. Yeah, that sounds good. Right? We yeah. can agree with that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> okay, good. It's interesting too, just moving around. This is kind of my problem too, is that I've always been more of a floater. Like I feel like, you know, YouTube wise, I definitely have like my group. But for the large majority of my life, even though I definitely have had groups of friends, you know, grabbing in Texas, I definitely had groups at different times. But for the large majority, I was the floater. So I would have a couple of friends in one group, a couple of friends in the next group, a couple of friends in the next group. And it would like expand my circle almost to the point where like I had like my really close friends, but my really close friends were not really friends with each other, right. you know? So then it makes it seem bigger than it was. And I think also... I mean, even on the topic of friend groups, like I hear this all the time where people are like really, they feel like forced that they need to have a friend group. And I am such a friend group person. I would much prefer to be one group of friends. It's easier. It's more efficient. You're together. Like I get the appeal of it, but it's like really unrealistic. And I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves. And I definitely remember feeling weird. Like I didn't fully, I think because my friends were in different groups and I was always kind of like going back and forth, it gave me this feeling of not really fitting in or like fitting a mold, which anyone who hears like who knew me growing up would be like, shut up because it's like I had friends and I don't mean it in the way of like, oh, I'm different or anything like that. It's just I didn't just have like my group. And so it it does give you this weird feeling of like, oh, well, I'm not fully this way. I'm not fully that way. So maybe I don't fit this certain mold. Yeah. You know, and it's like this. I don't know. It's just like really weird, like dynamic. 
Yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons to both. I kind of feel the same way where like, for the majority, I'm definitely a floater, but I've had friend groups Mm -hmm. and it does make it easier to compartmentalize. But I think the beauty of being a quote floater, just having friends in different places, even if it's like one friend from this class that you took and one friend from this vacation you went on or whatever is how cool is that, that you've like expanded your community to all of these different types of people. It's so like refreshing being able to tap into these different groups and not feel stuck in one place. And like, I'm even going to expand this argument to why I love New York so much. Mm -hmm. Like, or if I was out to dinner with people, right? Somebody would be in finance. Somebody would be in theater. Somebody would be an actor. Somebody would be a podcaster. Somebody's in fucking retail. And it's wonderful because it feels like you're dipping your toes into all of these different spaces without having to do all of it. So I think there's a lot of beauty to being a floater, but obviously having a friend group is definitely more efficient. Yeah. <laughs> Just get that birthday list done. done Don't have to easy. worry about it. Yeah. Guys, we're talking about Newly again because this is something you need right now. Okay. This is, to be fair, something you need year round, but I'm telling you why you need it for the holiday season. Currently, it feels like this is the first time I'm really celebrating the holidays in about two years. And honestly, all the outfits are really stressing me out. And I feel like I have to go buy something new, which is so wasteful. Honestly, it's overwhelming. Lots of trips, lots of shopping, things that I don't want to do. Okay. And let me tell you, Newly is really helping me out this holiday season. Every Newly subscription includes your choice of any six styles you want to rent each month. You choose whatever you want for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. You can access thousands of styles from more than 300 brands, everything from party dresses to premium denim and one-of-a-kind vintage pieces. Newly stock styles in a range of sizes from petite to plus size up to 5X plus maternity. They carry labels like For Love and Lemons, Love Shack Fancy, Free People Anthropology, and more. You guys have probably seen me living in this Free People jacket that I got on Newly, actually. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility that is no laundry for you to worry about. That in itself is worth it to me, okay? You also have the option to buy what you love at a discount, sometimes up to 75% off. The best part to me is the savings. So renting through Newly's means that you are getting to wear more, sometimes thousands of dollars worth of clothing while spending way less. It is a win-win for your closet and your checking account. Newly helps curb that must-buy-something-new feeling that I was talking about earlier that you get when there are big events on the calendar while still giving you new things to wear. A friend of mine invited me as his date to like a black tie event for work in a few weeks. And so I immediately went on Newly to look for dresses because I'm not going to buy something and only wear it once. That is why Newly is amazing. They're also great with sustainability. Newly orders are shipped in recycled, recyclable, and reusable totes with no plastic packaging. Clothes are cleaned using energy and water efficient methods. And most importantly, styles are repaired and upcycled rather than thrown out. Wearing and re-wearing clothing as much as possible is one of the most sustainable choices you can make, and that is Newly's specialty. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code I love you20. Just go to newly N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code I love you20 at sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's newly N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code I love you 20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I also just like different kinds of people. Mm. 
And I think even like expanding off of that topic, something that I really, and I don't mean this in a controversial way, but in 2020, I think I definitely fell into the trap of I could only be friends with people who thought and felt the exact same way with me about every single thing in my life. Not just, I think it started politically, obviously, and then it went even just socially, even just like, I'm talking like random, like they say on the internet, like you can't, like now it's like, oh, I like orange and someone likes red and then that's offensive, right? Like things like that. I feel like I really almost pigeonholed myself in a way where I was only talking to or with people who pretty much thought the same way that I did. And I really didn't like that about myself. Like I didn't like where I'd gotten with that. I think, again, I'm not talking about like horrible things. I'm talking about just across the board, right? Having different opinions, having different views, having different upbringings, whatever that might be. I think it's incredibly important. I want to be at tables with people who think totally different than me because that's how I learned. That's how I grow. Even if I'm not going to agree with them, I just think it's like almost like a lost art. I think it's incredibly important to be able to do. And I think it's incredibly important to surround yourself with people who think differently than you do yeah, in a healthy way. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to the idea of the the brand and the values. It's like, if you can, you know, let certain values shine through, then you do you like learn about different things, hear about other people's opinions and stay true to your values and your morals. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know what you believe in and what you stand for. But yeah, I mean, that goes for anything. Like you think you're going to get ahead in your career because you only agree with people that have the same opinions as you like, Good fucking luck. It's Be- not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Like you're almost like a one dimensional person. I don't know. I just want to be around people who think differently than me. Yeah. Who do different things than me. I don't want to be in this like certain bubble. So I think also like subconsciously that was kind of the appeal to as like a floater. Like I like different kinds of people and different kinds of worlds. And so maybe that's why I always kind of did that growing up. Yeah. But and it I kind of that. like stressed me out socially. Like I will say. Yeah, but I feel like you're you would like thrive with that. Yeah, I definitely am like I'm actually an introvert, shockingly, but I like different kinds of people. I'm very outgoing and I like meeting talking to whoever. Yeah. But I definitely like need my time alone. Like Monday through Wednesday, like you will not hear from me. You yeah. will not talk to me, like nothing. An extroverted introvert. Yeah. yeah. I was talking about this with Brooke and Danielle, and we all came to the conclusion that we were. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know why. I feel like most people are, I but I could just, you know, I mean, it isn't though. Taylor King, true extrovert. That's true. That's true very extrovert. true. I definitely know true extroverts, but maybe most people, you know, I'm just generalizing, but yeah, I mean, I just love my alone time. So me too. I think people confuse being an extrovert with being outgoing too. Cause yeah, I did. That's true. I was like, Oh, I'm definitely an extrovert just because I was loud and could like talk to someone. Yeah. And it's like, no, like that's not the same thing. Yeah. That's very true. How do you deal with comparison, especially in your 20s? Uh, comparison to what? Um, it could be anything. Comparing your career, comparing yourself, comparing yourself to who you want to be, who you were to the next person, or comparing to what you think you should be at, at that mm. age. That's more so what I mean. It's all just a game of like what ifs. And that's so unhealthy. I think the number thing, number one thing I never want to do in my life is regret. And I've seen regret like really hurt people that I'm very close to. And it sucks to live a life where you're like, I wish I did this or I should have done this with this. And that's what comparison is when it comes down to it. It's like, if I just did this, then I would be here or I would be better than this or whatever it is. And it's like, comparison is regret. 
I think it's healthy to like set goals for yourself, but just set the goals and just keep them there. You know, Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be something that you're constantly comparing yourself to. I don't know. It just gets so unhealthy. I've definitely like compared myself to other people, but I just mute them. The mute button on Instagram is such a beautiful thing. It really is. Like I didn't actually think it would work and then it worked. Yeah, because you're not seeing it every <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, you're not seeing it every day. And I think that goes for like comparison with yourself. If it, Again, if you set the goal and just set it aside and you're not thinking about it every day and you're treating it the same as muting somebody on Instagram and like when you want to go back and see what they're up to, you can. But it's like, why put yourself in a situation where you're always thinking about what you're not or what you don't have? It's just yes. like, which obviously is easier said than done. But I, I, at least I just feel like really, really grateful to be where I am right now, where if I start to compare, it feels like a disservice. And it's like, bitch, look how much you have, like, yeah. just enjoy it. But I think that one I mean gratitude and the mute button yeah like controlling (laughs) what you're taking you know what you're taking in whether that be certain relationships you have in your life yeah things people say Instagram you know social media whatever but I will say even just like a gratitude list in the morning Mm -hmm. honestly it doesn't sound like it's gonna do much like when you're like oh that's nice like whatever it actually like changes your life like it really has made when I'm actively doing it it really does make the biggest difference yeah and I don't feel like I've dealt with comparison literally until the past like two months, which sounds stupid because I'm like, tw- I just turned 24. Like, it's not that I've never compared myself, but I think it's hit harder this summer for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I had to learn was or that I'm currently in the process of learning. And I feel like I'm kind of out of it. I think I was just in a weird rut and I was vulnerable and like, it was honestly the perfect storm and that's what happened. But the number one thing I'm like, I have to control what I'm consuming. And that includes friendships and relationships. Yeah. I mean, comparison goes in waves too. It's like, yes. it's it's all like a natural kind of flow of, of like ebbs and flows into your life. But yeah, I think gratitude is a good like, you know, counter counteract. Yeah. Against that. There we go. Well, thank you so much for coming. <gasps> Kenzie, it's been such a pleasure. And look at this space. I'm so honored to be here. Well, thank you for coming. I'm, I'm excited because we're hanging out tonight. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see what you're wearing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll right after. I'm be like, okay, so this is my idea. Yeah. Um, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at margo.lee. Same with YouTube. And my podcast is called Working Title. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you stayed for the giveaway, I will be giving one lucky winner who leaves a five-star rating and a nice review on this podcast, your choice of a breadwinning housewife checker or tote bag. So leave a nice review, leave your Instagram handle on that so we can reach out in a week um, and I will contact the winner next Thursday. So I love you guys so much. Hope you guys are having the best week and I will talk to you next Thursday. 